the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon. It's Cup Minutes After Four. Listen to the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for tuning in. What a lovely day. 70 for the high, thereabouts. A lot of sun. Kind of cloudy at night, low 50. Mix of clouds and sun in store for tomorrow. And a high of 73. Sunday night football last night. Drew Brees and Tom Brady, a couple of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the game. Thinking it's going to be a high-scoring nail-biter. It was high-scoring on one side. Saints 38 points. Buccaneers managed a field goal near the end of the game. Otherwise, it would have been a shutout. 38-3. Yikes. Monday Night Football tonight. Brady's former team, the Patriots, are at the Jets. 8-15 kickoff for that. NASCAR Cup title goes to Chase Elliott. And if you haven't heard by now, Alex Trebek passing away yesterday at age 80. He has pancreatic cancer. Hosted Jeopardy for almost four decades. Over 8,000 episodes. Won um, some Emmys and, of course, part of the American experience. Folks watching Jeopardy and enjoying the trivia in that program and the way it was presented. I happen to have a friend who was on Jeopardy, and he's going to join us for a few moments, a little later on in the program, and just share a bit about that whole experience. It's kind of a neat story, and I have a couple of thoughts about Jeopardy, about trivia, about questions, about answers. If you have listened to this radio station any length of time, especially this program, You know, we talk about that. The station is a Christian formatted station, and we have a lot of pastors and preachers, and they share uh, about the Bible, about Jesus, about God, and the uh, implications thereof of having a relationship with him or not. And we hope you're encouraged by those. Uh, But we also know, and I've mentioned on this show, how radio is a very private medium and allows people to listen in the privacy of their homes or their cars Uh, They don't even have to set foot in a church. They can hear and think and consider the words that are coming through. And we hope that you do that, that you feel welcome. If you're a Christian, that you are strengthened in your faith. If you are not, that you would uh, still feel welcome for sure. And that you're not listening to a foreign language, at least not totally foreign. And that you're encouraged to consider the God of the Bible and what he has to say. So we'll get into that a little bit later on, but I want you to know that you're welcome here. And we base the program in John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he gave its one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Promise from God to you. So some have taken advantage of that and taken hold of it. Others have not. Our prayer is that you would take advantage of it if you have not. And if you have, that you continue on in that and that, that the station would 
be part of that process for you. Uh, speaking of Jeopardy and contesting and things, I do want to congratulate Hector in Audubon, New Jersey, Brian in Royers Ford, Rebecca in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, Dawn in Stratford, New Jersey, and Dan in Philadelphia. They are our first batch of winners as we have our Ministry of the Month this month in touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. You can catch it weekday mornings at 8.30, also Sunday mornings at 8.30. Every listener, by the way, is welcome to a free memory verse card set called Blessed to Be. You can sign up for your free copy at WFIL.com. Every weekday, we're giving away Dr. Stanley's new devotional book, God's Purpose for Your Life. That's what Hector, Brian, Rebecca, Dawn, and Dan all won. And as a grand prize, you can win as well. So get entered for all that by clicking the Ministry of the Month banner at WFIL.com. Let's see. Um, got a couple of buttons to push here. Over there, over there, over there. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot. Duh. <laughs> Our partnership with Trans World Radio. With the good news is we made more progress. The not as good news is we're not quite to the goal, but we're very close. Just to throw this at you real quick as we go into our first break, and then we'll bring on my friend Steve Biddle, who's going to join us uh, for a little while, ch- chatting about his experience on the uh, program Jeopardy with Alex Trebek, who again passed away yesterday. Uh, trans World Radio is an organization we've been working with for a few weeks. We've worked with them in the past, usually to help build transmitters in other parts of the world to help the message of the gospel get out. Uh, this time around, we're providing the actual radios, which I love, the actual hardware to put in the hands of folks who don't have access to electricity, specifically because these radios are wind-up, so you don't have to plug them in. The winding-up process helps charge a special battery, and then they can listen to the radio wherever they happen to be. So it's perfect for those who don't have access to electricity. Uh, Each radio is just $50, includes everything, import taxes, distribution, the whole thing, and will allow many to hear the gospel in their own language. A really cool thing. And many of those, speaking of what I said at the beginning, a lot of people who get these radios are not believers. They actually get a chance to consider who this God of the Bible is. And uh, TWR shared a number of those stories with us on the program in the past few weeks. Very cool stuff to the extent, basically, that you're blessed by listening to this station. Imagine giving that very same thing to somebody else. It's actually very likely that many family members and friends of the person who received the radio will have the chance to hear the gospel too. So it's an amazing, potentially life-saving gift, very powerful to help out. 888-988-5656. 888-988-5656. Heading into the weekend, we only were 16 radios shy of the goal. So very close. Just got an update today. I'm going to make sure I do this accurately. Uh, Where we are now, we are at... Carry the two. Uh, four. Thank you to Wendy in Huntington Valley. She did four. Elizabeth and Paoli did two. Eugene and Malvern, Malvern did uh, one. Betsy and Mount Laurel Township did one. And Sharon and Pittman did two. Two, three, four, six, ten. We're six away. Six measly radios away. In fact, now we're five because we crossed the threshold. Every ninth radio, we have an anonymous donor doing one. So I forgot. So we're only five radios away. Someone willing to help out and clear the deck? Five radios, or perhaps we have five folks do one. The number is 888-988-5656. Or at WFL.com, there's a banner there you can click. It takes you a minute or two, and we can finish up our partnership 
with TWR. Thanks again to the dozens of folks who've helped out so far. Five radios from the finish line. You can do more if you want. That's our goal with TWR. 888-988-5656 or WFIL.com. Back in a minute with my good old buddy, Steve. We'll chat about Alex Trebek, chat about Jeopardy, the program he was on back in the day. And uh, some other cool thoughts I think that will be helpful on our program today. Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for listening in. You're listening to a podcast of The Tim DeMoss Show. Heard weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. It's 412 on The Tim DeMoss Show. Sorry, we're experiencing a little technical difficulty. My The automation that we use are just having a mind of its own. So you'll hear my voice pop up at random times. Hopefully not much longer as I try to wrestle this thing into shape. Um, glad you tuned in today. Really appreciate you doing so. Why the Penn State music? Well, because of my guest on the program. If you've been in radio long enough, you know, things come around. And I have a good friend on the line with me today. His name is Steve Biddle. We worked together many years ago in State College. Hey, Steve. How are you? Hey, Timmy. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Great. Man, it has been close to 30 years since we've uh, since we worked together at the all-new, all-hit B103. Boy, that was it's that long ago. Wow. <laughs> it was around the 1990 or so, give or take, and uh, also WMAJ yeah, yeah. up there, too. Right. You were the production director at the time, right? Yes, I was, and copywriter. Just kind of done a little bit of everything. Uh, hosted Morning Edition at a couple of NPR stations, and gosh, just I just feel like I've done everything. And I'm still doing it part-time. Okay, that's good stuff. Well, I, I was reminded today, I'm in one of your... Special uh, groups. Can, am I allowed to say the name of it? Is that okay with you? Sure, that'd be fine. Yeah, bit, it's called Biddle's World, B-I-D-D-L-E, Biddle's World. And it's a fun Facebook group. Uh, share about that for a second, too. Eventually, we'll get to our main point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's, it's just kind of on a whim. A friend of mine uh, suggested, why don't you start a group? Because I do some writing and blogging. And he says, you can put things from a blog in there. And I got thinking about it and kind of on a whim just started this group. It's a private group. And uh, we only have two rules, no politics, no profanity. Those are pretty and good rules. And all of a sudden people are telling me, this, this is my favorite group on Facebook. I'm kind of kind of overwhelmed by the whole thing. I'm really <laughs> enjoying it. It's been fun to be part of and just kind of watch. I, do, I mostly watch and enjoy the different uh, you know posts that folks make in there. So if folks want to look that up, they're, they're allowed to do so. Is that okay if they look you up on Facebook? Sure. Now, I, I, they can look me up, Steve, uh, Steve Biddle, but I think uh, that the Biddle's World is a private group. I don't know if they can find it or not, but okay. if they want to friend friend me on Facebook, uh, we can do that, and we'll get them in the group. Okay. Very good. Well, Steve Biddle is our, our guest today, and uh, today in Biddle's World, that private Facebook group, I saw you posted something pretty cool about the time that you were on Jeopardy!, of course, Alex Trebek oh, passing away yesterday. So, um, yeah, yeah. share share how you got in the show in the first place, if you would. How did I get on it? Yeah. Well, I was living in Orlando at the time, and or near Orlando. I guess I was over in Brevard County by then. And there was a radio station, of course, but it was a country station where you had to know 
the final Jeopardy answer from the night before. And if you're one of, I guess, if you're a certain number caller and you could answer it correctly, you would win a chance to be on the show. You'd win a, a chance to take the test. Okay. Well, miracle of miracles, I got through on my first time and knew the answer, so they set up a test at the Peabody Hotel in Orlando. And I went, um, it was like a weekday afternoon, went in there and took the test, which was pretty difficult. It really was. And then they do an impromptu thing where you um, you play a mock game and a couple of other things. And then they say, well, don't call the people that passed. They say, don't call us. We'll call you. And you just go home and wait. <laughs> and okay. then every time the phone rings for the next several months, you hope it's them. And all of a sudden, one day, it was. They said, hi, this is, I think his name was Glenn from Jeopardy in Hollywood, and we'd like you to be on the show. Wow. And that was, it was just, it was thrilling. It really was. That's really cool. Well, and the t- so the test was a Jeopardy administered test, but they did it in conjunction with the radio station you were listening to. So it's maybe kind of a partnership that radio stations and Jeopardy had going or something like that. Oh, no, once the radio station uh, signed you up to do the um, to do the test, it was all Jeopardy from there on. Okay. In fact, at that session, uh, Alex Trebek was there. Really? And I and he used to do contestant uh, contestant things like that. I think there were three hundred of us all together that took the test, and about sixty or seventy people passed. And then they're the ones that you get in there and you play an impromptu game. You have to get up and talk talk about yourself for just a minute, and then they say, "Don't call us; we'll call you." <laughs> wow, wow! And was that and all? You, in, was that all in one setting? As far as that test goes, taking the test and then then performing uh, as you as you described, or did you have to come back a second time or anything? No, it was all done that that one afternoon. Okay. And uh, then you just wait by the phone. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See what's going to happen. Well, folks, just tuning in, chat with an old friend of mine. Steve Biddle is his name. We worked in radio together in State College, PA, and you know, home of Penn State uh, back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And um, right. when, you, when you made it to Jeopardy then, just describe the experience, what it was like for you. Obviously, very cool opportunity. It was. It, it really was. It was one of the most exciting things I've done. And uh, you go in, and they they put you through. Once again, you play a mock game kind of as a rehearsal. And then the next thing you know, well, what happens is they have – you're sitting up in the audience, and they come through, and they say, okay, uh, you and you, and you're the next ones up. And they have – they tell you kind of how to handle it. You're backstage, and they want to touch you on the ankle. You walk out. That's when we'll say your name. So they did, and I went walking out there, and the rest of it is sort of a blur. It all went by so fast, and it was very exciting. And I remember when all of us contestants were herded into the studio and the lights went up on the set, there was kind of an audible gasp. <sighs> this is it. This is really it. Well, uh, when you did get on then, um, you know, I guess there was a reigning champion. I think his name was Alec. Uh, and uh, oh, Yeah, it was Alec Diorio. Okay, and there was uh, Sherry, and then there's you. You did really well. I mean that that I was. Well, thank you. Yeah, I was watching the entire first round. I don't think any of the three of you missed a question, which is very impressive. Uh, yeah, Alex. Uh, Alex Trebek mentioned that even. Yeah, yeah, and then you go into the second half of things, and um, mm-hmm. and they have the daily double, and the scores are going up and down and all over the place, and uh, yeah. then you enter. I guess what, the last question. I forget. Is there? A, yeah, final, 
Final Jeopardy. Final Jeopardy. So you go into Final Jeopardy. You have three thousand dollars. The four-time yep. champion only had eight hundred or something. He was lower down, and Sherry yeah. was in. Sherry was in there too, around forty-five hundred or whatever. I want to take a quick break and then come back and finish off where things landed. But I also have some questions for you about Alex Trebek. Again, he passed away yesterday uh, at the age of 80, longtime host of Jeopardy. Steve Biddle is a guest, if you're just tuning in. Tim DeMoss' show on WFIL actually was on Jeopardy some years back. We're hearing how that all unfolded. We'll see how Steve did in terms of winning or losing. And also, again, getting a little bit to uh, some, um, uh, some insight into who Alex Rebeck was from the experience in the program. And then, But I want to share some thoughts with you as well as, as we continue on this program, too, uh, about the trivia, about the questions. And uh, even really, I'll just show my hand here a little bit. Uh, what questions really matter the most in life? There's one question specifically I want to suggest to you. One answer as well. Back with more in just a moment, Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 423 of the Tim DeMoss Show. How you doing? Thanks for listening in. Uh, If you're just tuning in, my friend Steve Biddle checking in today. Steve was on Jeopardy some years back. Of course, uh, longtime host Alex Trebek passed away yesterday at age 80. And we've been just chatting a little bit about what it was like to get on the show, how that all happened. And we're at the final point in the conversation here, just as far as how that day went, where the reigning champ had won four days in a row, had $800, I think it was. There was Sherry, who had uh, $4,500, another contestant who was new, as as you were. And you had $3,000 going into this final uh, Jeopardy question. And tell people what happened, what you what the, what the process was for that for you that last question, which was well, ironically was about elections. <laughs> so. Yes, it was, and and I can't remember the the way it was worded, but it was something like the last person to lose two different elections to two different men. Right, and it said presidential elections, but I should have paid attention to that. Um, my my uh, answer was Richard Nixon. Yeah, and justified that by saying he lost uh, to Kennedy in 1960, and then in 1962 he lost the gubernatorial election to Pat Brown in California. Okay, so that was my justification, but it turned out to be Thomas E. Dewey. So, yes, oh well, <laughs> yes, and Dewey had lost, I guess, FDR and to Truman in the 40s. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. right. So. So interestingly enough, I mean, I guess you're well aware of this. You've had plenty of time to think about it. You had taken all 3,000 and wound up going to zero. Um, the reigning yeah. champion took all of his, and he went to zero. And Sherry yeah. had no idea what she was doing, but she only risked 1501, and she wound up with 2999. And yeah. if you had done nothing and just said nothing, you'd have had 3,000 <laughs> been on the show. Oh, I know. <laughs> And, and what happened was you know, what they did was going into uh, when they tally up the score. Since I was in second place uh, going into Final Jeopardy, uh, I won the second place prizes, which was uh, Casablanca ceiling fan and an entertainment center and a bunch of other stuff. You know, the contestants also win. And for weeks, the UPS truck would pull up and we'd get oh, uh, wood treatment. Uh, we'd get hair care products. We got a Play School Magic Scan checkout counter, which was hours of fun. And there were just all kinds of things. A lifetime supply of Lipton tea, things like that. Wow. 
That's fun. Well, and and not that you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, there was never a doubt in your mind that you would at least take a guess at something, right? Or did you did you contemplate saying, you know, what, let me just sit here and hope they go down? No, no, we definitely wanted to answer something. Yeah. But the people I feel really sorry for are the ones who were negative numbers going into Final Jeopardy, and they don't get to play. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> so, and I always feel terrible for those those folks. Folks, just tuning in. Steve Biddle, old friend of mine in radio for uh, back. We worked together back in the late 80s, early 90s in State College. Uh, it just reminded me today, I saw in a, in a, in a group he's, uh, he does called Biddle's World on Facebook, a private group, that uh, he was on the one time, and I watched the episode. It was just so much fun to see uh, that happen, and, and even how the times were back then and how it didn't have to be a flashy show, but it was paced well. And obviously you have Alex Trebek hosting it and everything he brought to the table um, what did you get a chance to to chat with him much at all before or after or since? Not not very much because uh, back the quiz shows were under very um, very strict rules because back in the fifties there was the quiz show scandal right. with Charles Van Doren and uh, so they're they're very strict about who you can talk to and how much contact you have. Um, yeah. If you even went to the restroom, a chaperone came with you. And wow. My 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 wife at the time was up in the uh, in the audience, and I turned around to, to wave to her, and I thought, no, better not, because you're contacting somebody in the audience that way, and that's strictly forbidden. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, I read a piece uh, in the New York Times today, uh, and and it was written uh, with an interesting point that I guess it was Merv Griffin who started Jeopardy in the '60s. Yeah. Apparently, Merv Griffin's wife. In light of this, what you just said, how the, there was some scandals in the in the fifties with quiz shows, game yeah. shows, she said to him, "Well, why don't you start get, do a show that gives the answers and makes the contestants come up with the questions?" Yeah, and that was kind of how, yeah. right? <laughs> so, yeah. well, and it's right now. It's all, all you have to do is tack "what is" onto it, and it becomes a question. So right. I think it's gotten away a little bit from the original formula. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that's a time-honored tradition now. Yeah. Part of what, uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce her name, Catherine Celie, I, th- I think her name is, um, she wrote this piece in the New York Times, and it had to do also with Alex Trebek, um, not that you got to talk to him, as, as you just shared much before or after, but um, you experienced, it, you know, during the show, at least the program, how he conducted himself. How did he make you feel? Comfortable and he wasn't trying to show off. I'm Alex Trebek. You're lucky to be on my show, but more about no, not at all. right, right, not at all. He he's a real gentleman. He was a real gentleman, and uh, he comes across when you're in the studio with him exactly the way he does on the air, friendly. And he and well, and the entire staff really worked to make us feel comfortable. And they uh, they wanted us to just play a good game and and enjoy our time there. The whole staff was terrific, but Alex Trebek was a really a, a special person, a class act. He reminds me of what I've often said about the radio show I host. I want the people who are on to have a chance to talk and to shine, and uh, yes. right. And and I think Johnny yes. Carson did that as a talk show host. Not I'm not trying to be Johnny Carson, but the idea of it's easy to try to make a name for yourself, but rather than and I think this was Alex Trebek's philosophy: is, you know, prepare well, do your homework, be ready. Ask good questions, but let the guest take it from there and and get to grow in in everyone's presence. And by definition, your your show will grow as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, it was a very successful position for him to, to to take. And he's he's going to be so badly missed. I honestly don't know 
whether Jeopardy can survive without him. I suppose it probably can as a game show. But he's he is Jeopardy in so many ways. 37 years. I think it's 8,000-plus mm-hmm. episodes. Yeah, 8,200, and he only missed one. And you know which one it was? I don't have any idea which one it was. Well, it might have been the one where he and Pat Sajak swapped. Bingo. Um, on, on April Fool's. Yep. April Fool's 1997. That's right. He he did Wheel of wow, Fortune. Yeah, you nice work by you. See, you can still be on the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go for that. Yeah. Yeah. He and Pat switched for that one day. And uh, yeah, that's interesting. Good stuff. Well, yes, Steve, indeed. Steve, it's great talking with you. Um, and it, that must have been so much fun for you. Uh, we On a side note, I have a friend who joined me on the air not too long ago. Uh, when uh, Regis Philbin passed away, um, yeah. my friend Neil, who has gone on to do much more radio and TV since then, he was actually a contestant on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. You may find this interesting. And uh, yeah. he won a quarter million dollars. Um, oh, my gosh. And at the time, one of the fun parts of the interview, which I did not know, this was, uh, I don't know, he was on a few months ago. He said during one of the commercial breaks, after he got into the quarter million, a producer came up and whispered in his ear, and said, "You're just the fifth person in U.S. television history to have won a quarter million dollars on a on a you know game show." Oh my god! <laughs> so what a what a thing! Yeah. Do uh, you have time, time for a real quick yeah, story? Yeah, sure, please. Okay. Uh, yeah, another one of our friends from State College. I think you knew Jeff Brown. Yeah, sure. Well, Jeff and I worked together, and uh, he borrowed the tape I had. It was. A, before I had it on DVD, he borrowed my tape of Jeopardy yeah. and, and watched it with his family. And his son kept saying he wanted to see it again, keep seeing it again. And Jeff said, well, you've seen it five times. And his little son said, yeah, but maybe Uncle Steve will win this time. <laughs> That's funny. Well, And you had the lead a lot of the time. so Yeah, I did. I was hopeful, but, well, we, things happen. <laughs> we, were, you, were you nervous or did you feel pretty calm? You look calm. Well, it's nervous going into it. Yeah. Uh, at least I did. But once once you take once you start, you're just really into the show and into the game, and it's not it's not nerves so much. Like I said, it went by so quickly. I bet. I bet it amazed me how quickly how uh, it, it, well it, it amazed me how quickly the questions come off the board one way or the other. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And uh, uh, did you have any or had, had you had any strategy going in like when in doubt don't or be aggressive or did, it, did the answer just come to you because you're a well-rounded kind of guy? Well, no, I didn't really have a strategy going in. Um, and there's only so much you can do to prepare. Yeah. Um, you know, I read the Almanac a lot and it's bone up in world capitals and things like that. But there's really not much you can do. You can just go out there and say, okay, I'm good at this at home. I'll, uh, I'll do the best I can and just enjoy it. And they told us, they said, you know, you every, remember, you think you're the best at Trivial Pursuit. Invest in your family or your group of friends. But everybody here is the best at Trivial Pursuit at home. Yes. This is the thing is to just enjoy it. And, and I really did. It's funny that you mentioned you, you want a Casablanca fan among your prizes because we still have yeah. two of those in our house from 33 years ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, that would probably be about the same time. It'd be about the same time that I, I got that fan. Yeah. Um, that's very fun. That's a good, I'm, it's good for the brand. So, yeah. 
Well, great, Steve. Well, Thank, thanks for taking time to carve it out to ch- chat with us. What What was the date of that uh, appearance on Jeopardy for you? I can't tell you. I don't remember what the specific date was. Okay. But it was in 1988. 88. Okay. Yeah. And I think it was in the fall when the show aired. Okay. Maybe that's why the election question was brought in there as the last question, uh, the the final Jeopardy. Could could well be. Is it on YouTube? Is it it on YouTube if people want to look it up and have fun watching? Uh, It is, but I can't tell you where it is. I mean, it's, it's. Steve on, I think Steve on Jeopardy, but if you go see that, there are a lot of episodes of Steve on Jeopardy. And I think there's only half of the episode that I was on, because for some reason I didn't upload the whole thing. And I looked through things. It's on, I got it um, on Dropbox, so that's that's where it is. And again, I don't know the URL for it right offhand. Sure. But uh, I have, I have the whole, the whole thing now, finally. Yeah, that's fun. Steve, it's great talking with you. Great catching up. And uh, hopefully we get a chance to chat again sometime. That'd be great, Tim. I'd enjoy it anytime. All right. God bless you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. My good friend Steve Biddle worked together years ago in State College at the all-new, all-hit B103 and News Talk 1450 WMAJ. Brings back memories. He was on Jeopardy yesterday. Of course, Alex Drek passing away at age 80. Fun to hear what the experience was like for him and some related thoughts. Want to do a quick break. Come back with a little weather sports thing, and then I want to share a couple of thoughts with you, too, about these things. Listen to Tim DeMoss Show, AM560, WFIL.com, and on the app. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM560, WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 439, the Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Thank you for listening in. Automation continues to have a mind of its own, but that's all right. 439 on the program. We're here each weekday, 4 till 5, by the way. Feel free to drop by. Sunshine the rest of the afternoon, which won't last much longer with daylight savings, I guess. Uh, kind of cloudy at night, low 50. Another nice day in store tomorrow. 73 the high with a mix of clouds and sun. Saints smoked the Bucks 38-3 last night. That smarts. Tonight, the Patriots and Jets go at it at 8.15. Chase Elliott won the NASCAR Cup title, and Alex Trebek passing away yesterday at age 80. I think it was pancreatic cancer he had for about a year and a half. Hosted Jeopardy for 37 years, over 8,000 episodes. The only one he did not host, April 1st, 1997, when he and Pat Sajak flipped jobs, and uh, Trebek did Wheel of Fortune, and Sajak did Jeopardy the Show. Won 35 Emmys, won a 2011 Peabody Award for decades of consistently encouraging, celebrating, and rewarding knowledge. It's kind of fun. Merv Griffin started the show, but it's actually called What's the Question? Originally back in the 60s, Art Fleming was the host way back when. So uh, just so happens, you know, when I do a program, I, I pray a lot. I honestly ask God to provide the day for that day. Sometimes I have things well in advance. Today, I was thinking about a lot of different things. Uh, it, honestly, in light of Alex Trebek's passing, he's you know, part of Americana, really, in a lot of ways, almost 40 years hosting a program when I was a kid and whatever. And certainly, a lot of folks listening, same thing. I was thinking about, so a number, anyway, a number of things came to mind. And as part of God's provision today, um, I happen to see my friend Steve who I worked with years ago, 
and uh, through Facebook was reminded that he was actually on Jeopardy. So we had a nice conversation. If you're just tuning in, we'll eventually get the podcast up on our homepage. I'm a little behind on that right now. Uh, But in any case, it was interesting to hear how he made the show and what the show is like and about Alex up close and, and the opportunity that Steve had to interact with him. And if you know, on this program, we do trivia in a different sort of way. Uh, typically the first Thursday of the month. Guys against the gals. We have a lot of fun. Uh, Occasionally we have Bible trivia. In fact, as I watched Steve, my friend Steve's uh, appearance on Jeopardy, one of the categories, I think in double Jeopardy, was Old Testament. So it's a category, pops up every now and again in the program. Uh, And so we'll do trivia around here too. Once a month, usually the first Thursday of the month, guys against the gals, have a lot of fun with that. Uh, In fact, I had some presidential trivia planned. Did not get around to doing it last week as it turned out. We may skip a month. We may do it later on this month. One of the questions, parenthetically, um, had to do with the closest elections in presidential history. Folks remember the George W. Bush and Al Gore deal in 2000 with the hanging chads. That was the third closest in history. And without getting into that whole question, um, people may not remember, but George W. Bush was elected again in 2004. And that was the seventh closest election in history. So even though it wasn't the same thing with the hanging chads and and a month of wondering what's going on, but it was pretty close too. And interestingly enough, um, when he won in uh, 2004, GW, uh, he took 50.7% of the popular vote, which is the last Republican candidate to actually win more than half. Found that to be interesting too. So anyhow, we do trivia. Trivia is fun. You can learn stuff. We hope when you listen to this station and this program, you learn things that are helpful to you in your everyday life. That all said, I would suggest to you that the best thing we could possibly do for you is point you to the maker of the universe, to point you to to God himself and uh, specifically God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as I was thinking about trivia, as I was thinking about Alex Trebek, thinking about the dozens of thousands of questions he must have known and had to prepare for. It's one of the things he was complimented about is how well prepared he was. To do the show, if you, you know, to do the show the way he did, amazing. Where he didn't become the show, he wasn't showing off. He was businesslike, but kept it light at times, showed some glimpses of humor throughout. And the, the cadence, if you will, was, you know, dependable. Part of excellence, I think, is, is the, is, it involves consistency. As opposed to just you were great one show, another show, not so much. But having that consistency and people expect, come to expect a certain thing when they come to listen. In fact, I've heard Alex Trebek, people think about it comforting in a way. Like he's just kind of speaking as an authority without drawing attention to himself, so to speak. So anyway, all that said, I was thinking of all the questions and, and I hope that he knew the answer to what I would consider the most important question. I'm definitely not his judge and I wouldn't pretend to be and I don't want to get too far in that direction. But, you know, you can have lots of knowledge. Scripture talks about that. Knowledge will pass away, though. Things are going to pass away. We all will. And if there's one question I would hope a person would know the answer to is, is who is Jesus? 
not just talk about it, but what's the answer to that? Now, if we put it in Jeopardy form, think of it like this. Could have been like this. I am the bread of life. Matt, I can't do my, I can't do an Alex Trebek impersonation, but um, this person said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But, but, but who is Jesus? That's correct. For 400, whatever it is, you know, that's my little fake clap, audience clap. But you get the idea. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Who is Jesus? And I was in college, John 6, 35. Now, I realized you could actually make a whole Jeopardy board up of questions where the answer is, who is Jesus? Could be things Jesus said, could be things he was, could be a category of names of Jesus. You know, wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, all the different ones. So you could easily make a whole game up. And the answer is always the same one. So that'd be kind of fun, like in reverse, where the answer is the same every time. Who is Jesus? But of all those things, uh, and, and maybe I can phrase it to you this way. I went to Penn State, right? I mentioned that earlier in the program with my friend Steve joining us. And Penn State, I certainly had a number of Christian friends there, but it wasn't the norm by any stretch. And so we'd be sitting around, get a $5 pizza from Pizza Pie, and we'd be hanging out or get some uh, cheesesteak from CC Peppers, whatever it was, maybe uh, some grilled stickies from the diner. And we'd hang around, and sometimes there are conversations that happen, and people are sharing what they think about God, about life, and all that. And um, it can learn a lot. It's good to do that. But in the end, uh, you don't need to know the answer to This is where I'm going with this. You don't need to know the answer to everything in life. Um, it's great to learn and all that, but you don't need to know the answer to everything. You do need to know, well, I would suggest this to you humbly. There is an answer. There is a question you need to know the answer to, and you can, and, and it's helpful to steer a conversation this way, or at least suggest it when you do have a conversation with someone is, who do you think Jesus is? You might ask that question at the beginning or near the beginning of engaging with someone, but at some point, maybe it's, after a while, maybe it's, you know, after weeks of being around. But I I tried to ask that question sometimes with my friends just to get a handle on their thoughts. Because if you think Jesus, did he exist? If so, what was he like? Was he crazy? Was he a liar? Was he the son of God? What like who do you think he is? I know I know who I think he is, and I get that from the Bible. But it's a very uh, riveting, laser kind of question to have a conversation with someone about. And I would suggest suggest to you as you listen today, we're coming down the home stretch of our program, but I would put, just pose the question to you. Who do you think Jesus is specifically? Don't – I'm not talking about well, Christianity even – I'm not talking about the Bible, even. I'm asking you, who do you think Jesus is? If you had to write that down on a piece of paper, what would you write down? 
who is Jesus? It's quite a question. You'll learn a lot based upon your answer to that. I want to share one other verse for you on the other side of our final break. And I also have one song I'd like to slip in here. You're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560, WFIL.com, and the WFIL app. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560, WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. It's 4.52 on the Tim DeMoss Show. What about fracking? What about COVID-19 and masks? What about poverty? What about a lot of things? Do these issues matter? Are they questions? Uh, are there questions pertaining to those things that are worth asking and discussing? Absolutely. Are they the ultimate things to be discussing in the end? I would suggest no. I think you might agree. But what do you think the most important question is to ask? Maybe you disagree with me, but I would just suggest as we come down the the program here, consider John 14, verse 6 in the New Testament of the Bible. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It doesn't say I am a way, a truth, a life. He says I am the way, the truth, the life. So at least in Jesus' own words in John 14, 6, he's saying, the way to God is through me. You can reject it. You can accept it. You can turn it over in your mind. I want to just once again encourage you because you can get right or wrong answers to lots of questions in life. Whose fries are the best? Whatever. Silly things, small things, big things. This is one question you don't want to get wrong. Be encouraged to consider it. And you know what's Really cool about what God said, also in the Gospel of John, Jesus said, if anybody wants to know if I'm speaking the truth, I'll, I'll let you know. If you're genuinely interested, if you really would like to know, if you were able to say, would you reveal yourself to me and you have a humble heart, he'll reveal himself to you. And that's the good news. There's so much good to come. I'll leave it with a song here. It's called Jesus is the Answer. Andre Crouch, I humbly suggest that he is the answer to consider. John 14, 6 talks about it. Who do you think Jesus is? Do me a favor if you're willing, consider it. Think about it. Not Christianity, not the Bible, but who is Jesus specifically? Thanks for listening in today. At the sound of that name, praise the Lord right where you are. AM 560 WFL.com on the app. Classic from Andre Crouch and Jesus is the answer. As we come down the home stretch of the program, thank you for listening in today. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your afternoon and evening. We'll turn things over to Jim Maxson. He'll lead in prayer next. Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. Have a wonderful night. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.